Alright everyone, welcome to Translations the Podcast. My name is Dia, short for Diamante. I use pronouns they, them, and I identify as a trans feminine individual. I've invited a very special friend from a different part of the state with me to come talk about their story and talk about a social topic. I'm not going to say too much about this person, I'm going to let them talk about themselves. So... Without further ado, here we go. Hey friend, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, my name is Sean and I am a trans man. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am 29 years old and uh, I actually live in the Fayetteville area. Um, for those listeners who aren't very familiar with the state of Arkansas, Uh, Can you kind of describe where Fayetteville is in relation to Little Rock? Um, I think we are south of you guys. Um, I would have to actually look at a map to confirm. Um, I've been to Little Rock um, a couple of times. Um, I go to a lot of anime conventions and things, and uh, they have some of the, excuse me, they actually have some of them in Little Rock. So it's about a two or three hour drive from where I live to Little Rock. Yeah, um, and we're actually, so Little Rock is actually south of Fayetteville. So Fayetteville is kind of like that extreme northwest corner of Arkansas that touches Oklahoma and Missouri. Right. Yeah, And Little Rock is kind of like the centerpiece. Um, I guess to kind of give a little bit of geographical information like, we're really close to Conway, if you know where that is. Yes, yes, I know where Conway is. Yeah, we're about, mm-hmm, via the highway, probably 25 minutes from Conway, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. I've actually been uh, through Conway a couple of times, uh, too, visiting family, so I sort of know that area a little bit as well. Okay. Um... So you mentioned anime conventions. Uh, what else would you like the people to know? Like hobbies, interests, um, things of that nature, occupation? Um, I am a certified nursing assistant. Um, uh, for safety reasons, I'm not going to share exactly where I work, but um, I uh, graduated from nursing school last fall. Congratulations. And... Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, I'm currently uh, working in nursing. And um, I'm pretty much just like a huge nerd all around. And my other passion is um, uh, I have a lot of animals. Uh, I've got two adorable little guinea pigs and a cat who is adorable and absolutely insane. And then I also have a really, really beautiful betta fish. Okay. That's an interesting array of pets. It is. Have fun, though, with the cats and the guinea pigs. Yes, they're great. Awesome. Um, So, some of my listeners are anime fans, so just to kind of tickle their anime fancies real fast, uh, what are some of your favorite animes? 
Well, um, one of the ones that I started out with, uh, this is a really, really old one. Um, X 1999 was like one of the first ones that I ever watched. Um, and I've actually, uh, recently finished, uh, a newer one called Jujutsu Kaisen and it's really, really good. I've actually, I started watching that recently. That's actually really good. Yes, Jujutsu Kaisen is amazing. And um, some of my other favorites are um, Tokyo Ghoul, Attack on Titan, uh, Black Butler, uh, just to name a few. It's kind of hard to pick a favorite. (laughs) I mean, it's just like with me as a sports fan, it's hard for me to really narrow down one particular sport I like more than the others. Um, but yeah, so I can understand. Plus, anyway, I am... okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say on uh, the topic of sports, I am definitely a basketball lover. Professional or college? Uh, I would definitely say college. Um, just because um, none of the uh, professional teams have really caught my loyalty. But, I mean, there's definitely some talent there. But I mostly uh, keep up with collegiate basketball. Like, I try to keep up with what the Razorbacks are doing. <laughs> oh, Northwest Arkansas natives and their Razorbacks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard a joke um, that um, somebody said that uh, one of the qualifications for marriage should be being an Arkansas, I think it was specifically a football fan, because if they can be loyal to that, they can be loyal to anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's a very common joke from where I come from and where I went to school. So I went to school in Jonesboro, which is the home and backyard of the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Go Wolves! Um, nice. And so that is a very common joke. And it's like, you know, Red Bull fans never have have reason to question their loyalty. But Razorback, <laughs> Razorback fans always have a reason to question. You know, if you're loyal yeah. to that, even yeah, through um, a two-win season, it's just like, okay, you can survive a marriage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping that they can uh, get a really good coach, get a really good team together, and hopefully rebuild and have a really good season at some point. Yeah. um, Just before we kind of get to talking about your story here, I don't know if you've heard, but the Razorbacks and Red Wolves are set to play each other in 2023 in in football. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, so is it like is it like a house divided with you? Are you are you rooting for a particular team, or is it whoever loses, I win? <laughs> I'm alum of of the Red Wolves, so I'm always go, my heart's always gonna go out for the Red Wolves. That makes sense. Uh, I'm kind of a Razorback alum. Uh, I went there for seven years. Okay. So I'm I'm pretty attached. So. Uh, I will probably be cheering for the Razorbacks, but now that I've met a Red Wolves fan, I guess it's whoever wins, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I personally just want to see it for the sake of bringing everybody in the state together. Um, just yes. kind of for one big game every year. Because I feel like that's the best way to unite sports fans in the state. Definitely. Um, but, you know, stepping aside from sports, um, let's kind of get into your story a little bit. Um, you know, if you're comfortable, whatever level of details you're comfortable with, kind of sharing with us just kind of a little bit about when it is that you noticed or the first time you kind of came to the idea of, I'm trans. Well, um, I'll go like way back to my childhood. Um, I didn't really think about it much as at the time. Um, I wasn't one of those people um, that at like three years old was saying, I'm a boy. I want to be a boy. But um, looking back on it, um, I do have some of what you would call, I guess, stereotypically masculine traits. Mm-hmm. Like uh, growing up, my favorite things were like spiders and sharks. And I wanted to play with like toy trucks. And I mean, obviously, it's not fair to necessarily assign gender roles at a young age. Like that's something that the child has to come to that realization on their own. Mm-hmm. But looking back, um, I guess I'm like, yeah, maybe I did uh, show some signs in early childhood. But um, when I officially came out as trans was in college back in uh, 2015. And um, I only came out to people that I really, really trusted. Like um, at the time, my biological relatives um, didn't know anything. Um, So I told people that I trusted and they were all very, very kind and accepting. And a lot of those people are now the people that I really consider my family because I've gone no contact with a lot of my biological relatives, you know, for my personal safety. Uh, I, there are some exceptions. I do still talk to one of my sisters and I talk to one of my aunts. And I think they're slowly but surely kind of coming to accept me and accept my transition and who I am. But... Um, My family did end up uh, finding out. This is kind of a cautionary tale. Um, I was uh, discussing the desire to transition uh, with my girlfriend. And little did I know, because I was on the same phone plan with my relatives, they had access to all of my messages And I had a very, very scary moment where I was just, uh, just taking a shower, minding my own business. And all of a sudden my grandmother was yelling me to get downstairs right now. And she basically tried to talk the trans out of me, which obviously didn't work because she was, she is a very, very conservative person. And I don't think she will ever necessarily come to accept me for who I really am. 
but um, I have had the experience being outed and to anybody that's experienced that, uh, I'm sorry, because that's very, very scary. But um, I was able to, years later, remove myself from that situation. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, things are definitely looking better. I'm currently eight months on testosterone. And I have a consultation for top surgery with Dr. Prince uh, next year. And I've heard a lot of people say that uh, she gives really, really good results. Okay. Um, where does this doctor practice out of? Um, that's actually a really good resource. Uh, she's actually in Little Rock, I believe. And, and can you say that doctor's name one more time? Yes, her name is... I'll go ahead and give you her full name for anybody listening that's uh, looking for a surgeon or looking into top surgery or really just anybody. Uh, I think she does uh, gender affirming surgeries for trans women as well. Um, let me see what's going on here. Uh, yes, check out uh, Prince Plastic Surgery. Uh, her name is Melanie Prince. I believe she's out of Little Rock. And um, I guess the only concern would be just make sure she uh, is taking you patients and that she takes your insurance if you got it. That seems to be one of the biggest struggles with uh, gender affirming care in terms of like medical procedures. It's like not every insurance is accepted by certain doctors or like maybe the insurance itself doesn't cover that service i me personally like i haven't heard that being a major concern but um i definitely could see how that would be an issue um i would say me personally the biggest roadblock that i've hit was actually uh my legal name change Oh, wow. Um, I officially got my name uh, legally changed back in February. Because, um, uh, ironically, that was something that I'd wanted to do since early childhood. Like, even before I came out as trans. I was never comfortable with my birth name. I always wanted to change it. <laughs> and... Um, so in February, um, this very, very kind stranger who is still Facebook friends with me to this day, uh, actually just out of the blue paid for my legal name change. And I was like, this has to be a scam. There's no way, <laughs> but she did. She actually PayPal me the $165 to get my name legally changed. And um, I'm hoping that once I get some money, um, I can hopefully pay that forward because this lady was just so kind to an absolute stranger. And it was just one of those moments that kind of gives you faith in humanity again. It does. Um... 
I myself am going through the name change. Um, and I think the people I'm going through are going to allow me to do everything completely cost free. Um, That's amazing. And so, but at least their services are free. I won't know if the filing and stuff fees and things will be waived just yet. Um, but, you know, if the universe decides to send me an angel in that regards, I'll be more than grateful for it. I was definitely grateful. Like, for a while, I didn't even think that it was real. <laughs> but also, congratulations on getting your name changed. I know that can be a struggle depending on the county and the judge. Like, um, I know uh, the county that I'm living in... Um, which I think this is partially due to uh, the COVID-19 outbreak, which I understand has brought a lot of things to a standstill. Mm-hmm. But um, my uh, name change sat on the docket for like almost a month. <laughs> oh, wow. And then I finally get a call. And um, when I had filed the paperwork... They said that medically transitioning was not a legally defensible reason to change your name. Really? Really. So if you are uh, any listeners that are considering a legal name change, be sure that you get the wording exactly right. Because um, like you mentioned, uh, depending on the county, depending on the judge and all these other factors, they may actually deny your name change. Yeah. Um, the reasoning that I'm using for mine is that it, I'm seeking out a name change because it more aligns with my gender identity. Um, but the judges here in this area tend to be a little more lenient when it comes to trans folks and their name changes. I will tell you that the uh, particular judge in the area where I'm living is not. Uh, This particular judge is a stickler for the absolute right verbiage on on your paperwork. Um, I actually filed uh, two separate times. Uh, Luckily, I didn't have to uh, pay every time I filed because the case had already been opened, so I was good to go. But the first time I put that I was medically transitioning and they denied it. And then the uh, second time I was uh, able to put a common usage and that still didn't work. And then finally I gave this very long winded explanation of how um, the name that I was assigned at birth was not the name that I used. And I absolutely 100% was not doing this to commit fraud. <laughs> that is one of their biggest sticklers is to ensure that yes. you're escaping fr- or trying to commit fraud. And I was like, I promise I'm not. I just don't like the ridiculous name that my birth giver picked out for me in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) 
So kind of touching back again real fast on um, kind of when you first came out and kind of that process of discussing it with your girlfriend, um, what what was it like kind of, I guess, accepting yourself internally as being, you know, trans and just kind of getting to that point where you could openly talk about it? Well, um, I know for me, um, I had um, been under the LGBT umbrella since high school um, because uh, at about uh, 12 or 13, I realized that I was uh, romantically interested in women for the most part. So so that was my first sort of uh, stepping stone to really uh, being part of the LGBT community Mm -hmm. and um, from there um, it was relatively easy to accept myself as who I was because at that point I was uh, fairly confident in uh, being proud of myself and accepting myself for who I was, um, I would say the biggest challenge for me was, um, and this honestly still really applies today, uh, the biggest issue for me has been uh, the issue of passability, which I know is such a controversial topic um, in the community because um, you certainly should not be forced to adhere to any gender roles that don't suit you. Um, I remember um, even eight months on T, I still, uh, I get misgendered a lot and it is sort of a source of stress for me, but um, I'm slowly but surely just trying to take it day by day. Mm-hmm. But um Particularly uh, before I got my legal name change, um, I just felt invisible. And um, like I remember graduating from a a community college. I did go on to uh, finish one of my degrees at Northwest Arkansas Community College. Mm-hmm. And my diploma had a completely different name. And um, it was a source of frustration, uh, situations like that, because it felt like I was being kind of robbed of my identity. Like all of my accomplishments were being assigned to this other person who didn't exist. And... I really didn't like it. I, uh, excuse me. I, uh, yeah, I can totally see that, how that can be frustrating. Do you, now that you have your name legally changed, do you intend to seek getting a diploma with your correct name on it? I um, actually already have with um, one of the programs that I attended. Um, 
I attended Northwest Arkansas Community College, and I have a degree in child advocacy from them. And then uh, I went to nursing school last fall and graduated, and I have my diploma with my name uh, from them. And it's one of the proudest moments that I've ever experienced. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it in your voice that there's just a lot of joy coming from that. It just made me so happy that my accomplishments and all the hard work that I'd put in were being assigned, you know, to me, not some other name, not someone that I had to pretend to be. It was me. The person who got this degree is Sean Aaron Atohi Sedgebarth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. Was you? Um. So, just out of curiosity, um, can you kind of briefly give a description of what a child advocacy uh, degree or program would like looks like? I guess I don't think I've heard of that program before. Um, it's um a technical certificate that NWAC offers. Um. Essentially, what we do is um, it's the stepping stones to uh, things that you might be doing in, like, social work, like uh, investigating uh, instances of abuse or neglect and um, recognizing some of the uh, situations and scenarios and things that you might run into in that particular line of work. Okay. That is interesting. It is. Um, it's definitely not a field that's for the faint of heart. But um, I also think it's a very, very necessary uh, industry to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that... Uh, there's a lot of room for improvement in our child welfare system that definitely needs to be addressed. And hopefully at some point we can improve. Of course. Yeah. I am. I'm not a super fan of the current child care system that we have in place in the state. Um, right. I agree. But I'm also aware that at this current moment, there's not a whole lot that can be done, um, especially considering there are rumors that our current governor is looking at stepping down soon. Really? That's been That's rumors. interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. And um, uh, as a Speaking as a trans person, um, I think that uh, that would be very good news because um, I do appreciate the gesture of uh, Governor Hutchinson trying to veto the uh, current 
bills that are affecting our trans youth. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, there's still some I think there's still some enmity there. I don't consider him to be a supportive ally of our community. Not by a stretch, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I I echo, or I will echo, you know, I appreciate the sentiment of vetoing certain bills, but if you were going to veto those, why not veto all of them? Yes. Yes, in terms of him uh, looking out for transgender people of this state and considering them and uh, having their best interests in, at heart, I don't think that can be said of Governor Hutchinson. Very few politicians have the best interests of trans people, you know, in their mind or in their heart. That is true. Um, and kind of, I guess, piggybacking on this topic of, you know, people having the best interests or not having the best interests of trans people in their hearts, um, kind of with your socialization of yourself as Shine, what has it been like getting that going, you know, in spaces where you're known as a different name or just kind of in spaces where you're a new person in that space. Um, I would say uh, there was a period uh, before I had my name changed that um, there was always uh, a little bit of confusion because I always introduced myself as Sean. And like, if there was a situation where I had to show my ID, it... Um, Obviously, for a long time, it said my dead name. Mm-hmm. And um, so at that point, I got to explain that I was medically transitioning and that I was uh, in the process of legal name change. And um, in general, uh, people were uh, very, very accepting Um. Uh, Now, this is specific to where I live, Um, and I certainly understand that everybody's experiences are different. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of any sort of, like, harassment, um, fortunately, that hasn't really been something that I have experienced. Um, There was one instance where... um, when I was attending NWAC that uh, I was yelled at for using the men's restroom. Oh, wow. But um, other than that, um, I have mostly been met with a lot of uh, encouragement and support. Uh, With the exception of Um, Most of my relatives. Because they're all. 
highly conservative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very glad to hear that outside of, you know, the family aspect of things, that you're mostly met with support and love. Um, that is something that I believe a lot of us strive to get to. Um, but we may not always start that way within our journeys. Which I know for me, um, uh, I'm very, very intentional about uh, you know, who I allow into my social circles. That's one shit. Like, um, yes. Like, I know, um, like, it's probably pretty petty, but um, kind of a requirement for being friends with me is you have to be pro-LGBT. Like, if, if you're going to be narrow-minded and not understanding, like, we are not going to vibe. Like, the best I can do is an acquaintance. And 14 cents and a Pop-Tart. Sorry. <laughs> That's my final <laughs> offer. What kind of Pop-Tart? Just for kicks and giggles. Absolutely either the uh, cinnamon and sugar or classic strawberry. Oh my goodness. Two very good ones. Yeah, those are the best. <laughs> um, so, you mentioned kind of that real briefly, the interaction of, you know, being yelled at for using the men's room. Um, are, would you feel comfortable kind of th- talking a little bit about how that made you feel and kind of your thoughts at the time? Um, honestly, I was terrified. As soon as I heard uh, this guy yelling at me, I immediately took off running because... I did not want him to be able to recognize me any more than he already did. Because I was like, okay, I'm going to be the next one on the nightly news uh, presented as the victim of a hate crime. I was like, I'm just going to run away from that and hope that he didn't recognize me and hope that he doesn't follow me. That is scary to think about. It is, and it's um, it's a prevalent problem in our community. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's a it's a fact that um, trans people are very, very, very often targeted. Yeah. And it's um, it's honestly a heartbreaking situation. Uh, not even just for me, but for all trans people to be in, to fear for our safety like that when we're just trying to live our lives. It's not fair and it definitely 
I feel like it can definitely lead to a lot of restless nights. Not, not knowing who is out there after you, if there is anybody, and if they're going to try to break into your home. Or... Yes. Or even just in broad daylight, like, just straight up attack you. For no reason. Yes. Yeah, my heart goes out to all of my fellow trans siblings um, on a regular basis. Because, I mean, I see the news articles, I see the posts on Facebook, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all those other social medias, and I'm just like, but why? What need is there to kill somebody or to hurt somebody over something you can't control? Over that's to live an autonomous life, like what's the please explain this? That's always been the question that I've asked. I'm like, why does me living my life make you so angry that you feel the need to uh, verbally or even physically attack me? Because I mean, I I consider myself a pretty laid back guy. Like, um, I tend to not start arguments unless I feel it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just don't understand that mentality. You know, I think that's just the mentality that a lot of us are just never really fully going to understand. I mean, Um, the closest that I've ever gotten to an explanation is that it's preserving a power dynamic that's been in place for so long and uh, conservatives are willing to unfortunately go to an extreme to preserve that power dynamic. So, at the risk of hurting so many and saving only themselves, people are willing to do, well, exactly what we see on a regular basis. Hurt, murder, get arrested. Like, there's still confusion there because I'm like, why, why does me living my life affect you? Why are you so pressed about me? <laughs> yes, yes, that is the question that yet has been given an answer. Um, and I know you work in the medical field, and just one thing that I've seen from some friends of mine who work in the medical field, and I just wanted to know if you've experienced this, but they have clients or patients, should I say, who refuse to be treated by them or seen by them because they are trans. Have you heard or experienced this yourself? Um, at this point, that isn't something that I've experienced. Um, 
uh, all of my patients and the residents that I've cared for um, haven't really uh, expressed any outward um, hatred for my identity. Um, I will say that at one point I was working with um, the elderly and uh, Alzheimer's patients. So because of cognitive things that are going on, um, uh, it's, it's a little harder to explain your gender identity to them. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's just something that I kind of took in stride because I knew that they weren't like intentionally trying to be malicious or trying to be cruel, but, um, uh, in the new position that I'm starting, uh, I'll be working um, with a different age group, and it's possible that I could run into that situation. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, I can tell you, uh, I think that the stories that uh, your friends that work in the medical field have told you are true. I could absolutely see that happening. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I can only imagine the emotions. Like, I don't even want to try to put a name to the emotions that could be there, but I can just kind of imagine the emotions that they are experiencing. I mean, it's heartbreaking, heart wrenching, just as a trans person going to the doctor's office and being denied service or basically being given improper service, let alone trying to be that medical provider for somebody and they're refusing your care because of your gender identity. Like, that is something that um, that I personally will never understand because like if I'm sick and I seek medical attention, I am grateful to whoever is providing that. <laughs> I don't care if the person checking my blood pressure is uh, transgender or cisgender or non-binary or whatever the case may be. I'm just glad that they're there providing care for me and trying to relieve whatever symptoms I'm having at the time. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. And so we're coming up on, like, towards the end of this segment of the podcast. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the people? Um, I guess, uh, bouncing off the, uh, issue of healthcare, um, I'm actually having a bit of trouble uh, accessing my primary care provider because um, I go to a very, very affirming clinic and the uh, general practitioner 
is wanting to help alleviate some of the issues that have come around uh, regarding uh, the recent ban on uh, trans youth getting the medical attention that they need. So I am now not able to get an appointment for several, several months. Oh, wow. Which is kind of unfortunate. It is, yeah. So, are they just booked up with trans youth, or are they trying to figure out how to navigate within these new restrictions? Um, I'm honestly not sure. I think it could be a combination of the two. And I think it's uh, definitely admirable that my doctor wants to help uh, our kids during this really, really stressful time. Uh, it just, it's disappointing that, uh, that she was forced to make that decision because of all this ignorance by legislators. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for sitting down and kind of just talking with me about your story. Um, and I'm very excited to hear about the social topic you picked to discuss with us. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break in the other side of this break. We will chop it up and talk about this topic. Sounds good. And we're back. Welcome back to Translations, the podcast. Again, I'm Dia, and I've been visited here with Sean. And we're hello, just... everybody. <laughs> and we just got done discussing, or not discussing, we're talking about Sean's story and different things that they've experienced. And now um, he's going to talk to us about a social topic of choice. Well, um, I know that uh, it is officially the month of June and pride is upon us. Um, I know there's a lot of different pride events throughout the area. And um, I am personally really, really excited to attend kind of my first official pride um, so it's gonna be really fun i bet um what are the dates for those i mean for this pride and what city is it located in um like i know let's see let me make sure i get the correct date um I know uh, Northwest Arkansas's Pride Weekend uh, starts on Thursday, June 24th, and ends on uh, June 26th. I think the official parade is going to be at 2 p.m., and that'll be on Dixon Street. That sounds like Fayetteville. Yes, that will be for the Fayetteville area. Um, I think some other areas have actually... Um, already had their um, sort of pride celebrations. Like I know um, Eureka Springs, I think has already had theirs. I think Bentonville's is coming up. I misremember the dates for that one, unfortunately. 
Um, I know on June 24th at 7 p.m., we are actually having a Northwest Arkansas Trans March, which is, um, uh, it's being sponsored by um, uh, Free Mom Hugs, which um, if you ever have the opportunity to get a free mom hug, I <laughs> highly recommend it. Um, shout out to them for providing all of my pride regalia this year. They're absolutely amazing people. And <laughs> they're absolutely amazing. They and um, the best people around. They really are. I love them. But um, the purpose of the march is um, it's sort of um, marching in protest of um, all of the anti-trans legislation that has been uh, coming down in this particular state. Um, and I think mostly it's just um, uh, it's going to be just a show of visibility to essentially say that we're here and we're not going anywhere. And that trans people are a vital part of, of Arkansas and that we deserve the same rights as uh, our cisgender brothers and sisters in the state. And um, so it's gonna be a good time. Uh, the instructions say to meet at the Walton Arts Center. So um, it's uh, definitely something to consider if you don't have anything to do that day. Uh, meet some other members of the community and just have a good time. Sorry, my cat is currently trying to get into my dinner, so I had to distract him. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we have a lot of different events uh, going on just like all over the state. Like, I know a resource that I use is obviously Facebook. <laughs> I'm all the time uh, finding cool stuff to do on there, and I'm like, hey. Can we go to this? This sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, the other resource that I use a lot um, is uh, there are several groups for transgender people here in Arkansas specifically. And um, I've made a lot of friends through that. And uh, that's definitely a good resource. Like, uh, that was actually where I got the recommendation for uh, the surgeon that I'm going to be seeing for top surgery. Um, and what was the group called for that one? I believe it's called NWA Trans. Okay. But, yeah, um, it's uh, definitely a good resource. I am, um, I'm aware of a couple of different groups, like trans-specific groups on Facebook, like there's a group called Arkansas Trans, there's Arkansas Transgender and Allies, um, there's Artec, 
I don't remember. I think it's Arkansas Trans Equity Coalition. I think it's what the acronym stands for. Yes, I think I'm familiar with that one. And then the only other group I am aware of on Facebook is, I think it's called RVEC Trans Support Group. That's a new one. I'm actually not familiar with that one. Um, I think it's the River Valley uh, Equity Coalition. I, I, I think that's what that may mean. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but it is definitely nice to know that there are other groups out there that are more like regionally specific. Yes. Um, for anybody who is uh, considering like if you're maybe at the beginning of your journey or really anywhere in your journey, I highly recommend checking those out because um, I think as a trans person, it's so important to have a good support system and um, uh, it can definitely be a good stepping stone to meeting some really, really quality people who are going to support you and be there for you every step of the way. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that's a topic that's not really talked about enough within the trans community. So, you know, can you kind of speak on uh, a little more like the importance of having a support system? Absolutely. Um. I know that, um, like, sometimes it has been the only thing that's uh, kept me going at some points. Like, um, most of uh, the people that I consider family are under the trans umbrella. And... Um, like, I know uh, when I would be having a bad dysphoria day, which fortunately I have started having them less and less, but um, starting out, um, my dysphoria was not to the point where it really interfered with my functioning, but um, uh, the, the depression was definitely there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my brother would always uh, do really funny stuff. He's like, you know what? You're the manliest man ever. And you are <laughs> going to get through this. And you are tough, big, strong boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he he has helped me through a lot of really really bad days and um uh I would say my girlfriend Jessica has also done the same thing like um she uh, knew I was trans uh, when we started dating and um she has always been loving and supportive and accepting and 
She's like, yeah, that's my boyfriend. He's my handsome man. And I love him. Oh, that is so sweet. That is really sweet. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm just, I'm really grateful to all the people who have stood by me, you know, and lifted me up and uh, stuck with me through this journey. Yeah. Um. Like, um, I also have a roommate, you know, just uh, for privacy's sake. I'm also, you know, not going to say her name. Um, because I would never want to out anybody because I know how traumatizing that is. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she's out of the closet, but just in case, um, uh, she was actually the one that, uh, informed me that my legal name change went through. Um, cause during this era of the coronavirus, uh, everything is being done, you know, kind of online through facts and all that. And um, I remember I was actually in the middle of a phone call. And I hear this uh, piece of paper slide under my bedroom door. And I thought that was really weird. I was like, what is that? So I pick it up. And uh, it was the court order stating that my name change had been... Uh, approved <laughs> and um, my roommate has also been uh, so instrumental in um, you know kind of giving me strength to not give up and to navigate all the red tape that we're presented with and um, just uh really keeping me going. That's so good to hear. Um, you know, it's rare that we come across people who are willingly ready to support us, you know, because there's so many, there's so many people out there living in the state of Arkansas, which is a part of the Bible Belt, you're readily met with people who oppose you. Um, and I can only imagine that it just feels great to have these people in your circle. It really does. Like, um, I honestly can't stress enough the importance of having people that will support you. Yeah. Like, even if it's just, um, even if it's just like, positive people on say I don't know TikTok like if you've ever heard of uh, Mama Jill Wallace uh, uh, her entire thing is uh, she is a Christian mom who absolutely supports her LGBT children and um, She's always posting like these inspiring messages that just really kind of brighten your day. Or uh, there's another one called Our Dad Now, who's also on TikTok. And um, he uh, he does similar things where he will 
uh, you know, voices support and post these inspiring messages for uh, LGBT men who uh, may not have had that uh, close connection to a father figure because of uh, rejection, you know, something, you know, there's a laundry list of things, you know, for either by accident or design. Uh, they just sadly don't have that father figure in their life. And so he just kind of puts that little bit of support out there into the world, which is uh, really, really sweet. It is. It is. Um, you know, speaking of mothers and fathers and things, you mentioned um, a chosen family which is honestly one of the biggest parts of a support system is, you know, those people who become family. Um, would you like to speak a little bit on, you know, kind of the dynamic, not the dynamic, but I guess the makeup of your chosen family and maybe like how they have played a role in the transition? Absolutely. Um... Like, uh, I guess I'll start with my mom. Uh, her name is Melissa Ann Sedgebarth. And um, we have actually uh, talked about, even though I'm 29 years old and I'm an old fogey, we've actually talked about her uh, potentially legally adopting me at some point. <laughs> because um, uh, we actually met in one of our groups just overarching uh, for transgender people. It wasn't like specific to an area, but she had made this post and I think it was close to Mother's Day. And she was like, I'm just feeling really heartbroken. Um, uh, ever since I, uh, she refers to her transition as her unmasking. And she says, ever since I started my unmasking, my sons don't want anything to do with me. And I'm just feeling really alone this Mother's Day. And my heart is just broken because I don't have a son anymore. I don't have my babies. And I was like, I actually commented on the post. And I was like, this is probably going to come off as a little weird. But, you know, um... I don't have a mom. You could be my mom. <laughs> and she was like, oh, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. So um, uh, she added me on Facebook and we pretty much talk regularly now. And then um, the other uh, really, really important people, I would say, obviously my brother, um, Okay, nerd alert here. You're about to go on a trip with me to one of my anime conventions. <laughs> um, I did this absolutely awful Vincent Villaggio cosplay from Cowboy Bebop. And um, uh, another thing that I should mention is that um, cosplay is a great way to kind of test the waters in terms of like figuring out like your aesthetic as a trans person 
uh, just a hint. It's great stuff. But um, anyway, all that to say, I was at a con and <laughs> I made the mistake of going by myself. <laughs> so I was just kind of creeping around the vendor room, not really talking to anybody, just being my usual grumpy self. <laughs> And then I hear this voice go, Vincent? And I turn around, and there's this Sukasa player, or uh, this person dressed up as Sukasa from Dot Hack. And um, I was like, How did you know who I was cosplaying? And the person was like, Um,. Uh, they were like, well, you're obviously Vincent. You've got the hat. You've got the hair. You've got your fake facial hair going on. You're obviously Vincent. And I was like, thank you. You have made my day. <laughs> Nobody has spoken to me at this entire thing. <laughs> and um, so uh, this was actually my first experience with uh, accidentally uh, misgendering someone. Um, I thought that my brother used she, her pronouns and, um, uh, my brother very politely corrected me. He was like, actually it's he, him. And I was like, oh, okay. And, um, we've, uh, been bound at the hip ever since, um, at one point, um, I was actually living with him because I was transitioning out of homelessness mm -hmm. and um, he was amazing and opened his home to me and helped me get back on my feet. And I can't say enough about my brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. There is my, there's also my aunt Jane who is also trans feminine. Uh, the first thing you need to know about my Aunt Jane is that she is a pirate. That's like her thing. She loves anything talking about like uh, pirate ships, anything like that. And um, she... Uh, sort of keeps me up to date on things that are going on politically. Uh, she is actually an admin of a group for trans people. So she's very, very active in the online community. Mm -hmm. And um, she's got a great sense of humor. She's, she's just very, very awesome in general. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I'm sure at some point I will add somebody else to my family. <laughs> um, and then there's also uh, my two biological relatives that I want to throw in there. Um, my sister, Sydney, um, who, like, I can't tell you how proud I am of this kid. <laughs> like, she's the most intelligent, awesome cool person in the entire world, in my opinion. Um, I'm the proudest big brother in the world of her. Um, 
at one point I had mistakenly gone no contact with her because I didn't think that she accepted me in my transition. And then at one point uh, I received a message through a friend uh, of her actually trying to contact me. And uh, she said, Hey, I just wanted to uh, introduce myself. Uh, I'm Sean's sister. And I just wanted to let him know that I love him and I miss him. And I support him no matter what. And the fact that she actually addressed me with uh, my correct pronouns and my name, um, it actually brought tears to my eyes because I didn't think I was ever going to get that kind of support from anybody that I was related to. And um, it is, I mean, I had assumed that all of my relatives were just lost causes. And I had uh, sort of given up on any sort of a healthy relationship with them. But um, she, uh, she reached out to me and uh, she isn't currently living in this state anymore, but um, you know, we Snapchat back and forth and keep up with each other's lives. And uh, she's getting married to her uh, high school sweetheart next year. And um, she's actually invited me to go to the wedding. So that's really, really amazing. <laughs> so I will get to see my baby sister walk down the aisle uh, next year at some point. <laughs> so that's amazing. And then um, I would say the last member of my family that I uh, definitely want to share about is my other aunt, my Aunt Betsy. Um. It was a similar story to what happened with my sister. Uh, she reached out to my best friend, uh, Chanel, that has been my best friend since high school and has also been really, really supportive. Um, and she was like, hey, I am Sean's aunt and I just wanted to get in touch with him and you know, tell him that I miss him and I would love to meet him for lunch someday. And so uh, we ended up meeting for lunch at uh, this uh, this New Orleans style cafe. And um, uh, we just sort of caught up and talked with each other and it was just great to see one another and to know that um, to know that I had her love and support that is, and it was just awesome that is so awesome um, just for kind of a quick pub is this cafe in Fayetteville it is it's called uh Cafe Rue Orleans. I've and heard of this place. their crab cakes and their 
it's really good. I definitely recommend their crab cakes and their shrimp po' boy. They're so good. Look, for all those out there who plan on visiting the Fayetteville area, definitely check out this restaurant. It sounds like it's worth it. It's definitely good. Um, I will say, um, don't expect it to necessarily be low cost, but uh, it's definitely worth whatever you're paying. It's very, very good. It sounds like you. Um, it's been great hearing about like your support system because again, like I've said, it's something that a lot of us look for or hope for. But it seems like a lot of us struggle to find a decent support system. Um, and so I've had instances where somebody will, you know, refuse to seek out any sort of medical services in terms of the transition because there's no support system or because their support system dis dissipated after they've already started hormone therapy, they decide to stop hormone therapy. Um, and it's just like, it's very heartbreaking to just kind of hear these stories. I completely agree. Um, I guess uh, the only advice that I can really give in terms of that is um, don't let people who are coming from a place of ignorance like that dictate what you do with your life. Like, don't let someone who doesn't have your best interests at heart keep you from pursuing whatever it is that you want in terms of uh, like medically transitioning. Like, don't stop your HRT for someone else because um, uh, which something that I've noticed is, um, and this is partly due to my support system, I think, we transition for us. We don't transition for everybody else. We transition for ourselves and our happiness and our well-being. So think of it as doing something good for yourself. And putting your well-being first. And if you do that, um, in my personal experience... Hopefully, uh, those people that are healthy for you and good for you will kind of, um, they will kind of just be attracted to that. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're doing what is best for you and that you are being true to yourself, uh, the right kind of people will will see that in you and 
eventually you'll attract that group of people that hopefully you're looking for that will hopefully become that support system. Of course, yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say on this topic? Um, no, I think that's pretty much everything. All right. Well, Sean, it has been so great having you come sit down and talk to me. Um, and kind of just, like I said, sharing your story and just kind of talking about the importance of support systems. Um, you know, it's not every day that people are as fortunate as you have been, but it's very nice to hear, you know, the story that you've told of this immediate love and support from the go. That is true. Um, I will say I'm very fortunate because I recognize that a lot of people do not get the support that I get. And I'm grateful every day that I was met with that positivity and that outpouring of love. I didn't expect it, but for reasons unknown, I was just, I was lucky and um, I found some really, really good people who, who truly accepted me and loved me for who I am. Okay. That's all we ever ask for, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I would definitely love to keep in contact. Um, I am definitely very interested in hearing how the wedding goes. Um, you know, that, just that should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the wedding will definitely be interesting. Of course. To see and how my sister reacts to her big brother show showing up looking like James Bond in this nice tux. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't don't try to one up the groove. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. I need to let the groom have his moment. <laughs> But it was very nice having you sit down with me this evening. Um, again, to all the people out there listening, this is Translations, the podcast. Podcast created by trans people for trans people. So they can come on, tell their stories, and discuss the social topic of their choosing. Come back next week as... I will discuss with you the beauty of the trans spectrum and the beauty of the experience as a whole. This has been Translations, the podcast. Welcome to Translations, the podcast, episode three, a podcast for trans people by trans people. This podcast will introduce you to trans stories from community members, activists, and legislators. We're also going to talk social topics, issues, and projects. Today, I have invited a very special friend of mine to come tell their story and talk about a topic true and dear to them. So sit back, relax, and strap in, because this is Translations, the podcast.